Lord, open my lips that my mouth may proclaim your praise in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, many of you were here on Wednesday for our Ash Wednesday service when we were reminded with the mark of the black ash on our foreheads, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. A stark reminder always, this beginning of Lent of our own mortality. We cannot escape death, whether we've just come into this world at the beginning of our life or we are approaching the end of this mortal life in this world. Death is the reality of all life. Modern science, of course, has gone a long way to extending our physical lifespans, but we ignore the reality of the fact that we are dust and to dust we shall return at our own peril. Mostly, we just try and avoid the conversation. Uh, We try not to talk about it. Unless, of course, we're driving behind one of those uh, bumper stickers that say, Honk if you love Jesus, text if you want to meet him. (laughs) Which case we are reminded that all of us will one day meet Jesus. When we pass through the veil from this earthly dimension into the heavenly dimension, he will be there. For we read in the letter to the Philippians, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. In other words, every knee shall bow willingly or unwillingly when we come into the presence of Christ. Because, as St. Paul says, as St. Peter says in today's epistle, angels, authorities, and powers are made subject to him. That's now. That's right now. All powers, angels, and authorities are subject to him. And he is the judge of the living and the dead, Peter says, when he's invited to Cornelius the centurion's house and he goes in and he preaches to them in that house. Peter says, Jesus Christ is the judge of the living and the dead. But thanks be to God... According to Paul in Romans, and we know this to be true, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. There is now no condemnation, even when we mess up. And I do that on a regular basis. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm continually doing that. Of course, we all mess up, right? Because we wouldn't need a savior if we didn't all mess up. But this is true. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because we've been given his righteousness. We're clothed in Christ. We, the Father sees us with the righteousness of Christ. So although that black ashen mark 
that we received on Ash Wednesday reminds us that we are but dust and to dust we shall return. There's another mark. That's what this last song was about. Sealed by the Spirit. See, there's an indelible cross that we each and every one of us received on our foreheads at our baptism with the words, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. See, at our baptism, there's a mark that we don't see, but in the spiritual realm, it is seen. We have been set apart, sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism, marked as Christ's own forever. That cross in holy chrism oil is the outward sign of that which God has done in Christ inwardly to bring us out of death into life. St. Peter again puts it this way, Christ also suffered for our sins once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. The instrument that brought death to Christ brings life to us because he died there. Again, Peter, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that free from sins, we might live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed. By his wounds, you have been healed. When we meet Jesus, and we will, when we meet Jesus, when we pass through the veil from this earthly dimension into God's realm, into his dimension, and we see Jesus, he recognizes us as one of his own. That indelible mark is there. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. He recognizes his own. The ones for whom he gave his life, and the ones who chose to follow him and call him Lord. He recognizes us as his brothers and sisters, those whom he has made children of God, beloved sons and daughters of the Father. Beloved sons and daughters of the Father. In her book, Don't Put a Period Where God Put a Comma. We could spend a long time talking about that one, couldn't we? Don't put a period where God put a comma. In other words, don't put an end to your life or the way you are when God's saying it's just a comma in a sentence on a journey. Well, she wrote this uh, woman, uh, Nell Money, wrote this book. And she tells a story in that about a young lady called Kathy. She said there was an aliveness about Kathy that was evident as soon as you met her. She exuded energy and interest, joy in being alive and openness to those she met. Kathy had not, however, always been like this. 
She'd grown up in a dysfunctional family. She was a victim of verbal abuse by her mother and physical abuse by her alcoholic father. As she described it, she felt like a big fat zero. Then something happened that changed her life forever. Even though it didn't seem like a big deal at the time, Kathy was in the sixth grade when the girl seated behind her invited her to attend Sunday school with her. The girl explained that her Sunday school teacher had challenged them to each invite a friend. Do you go to Sunday school and church? The girl asked Kathy. No, I don't, was the reply. Do you want to meet me at the front of my church at 9.30 this Sunday? Asked the girl. And Kathy attended her first Sunday school class. Mrs. Parsons, the sixth grade Sunday school teacher, became, in Kathy's opinion, her guardian angel. She took special interest in Kathy, often inviting her into her home where the two of them had long talks. She told Kathy that God loved her. She said that Jesus' death on the cross shows how much God cares for her. Mrs. Parsons made a world of difference to Kathy. The story doesn't end there. A friendship also developed between Mrs. Parsons and Kathy's mother. Her mother felt as alienated as her daughter. It was Mrs. Parsons who led both mother and daughter to a heartfelt commitment to Jesus Christ. A strong friendship developed between the teacher and the mother as well as with Kathy herself. It was when she could finally forgive her father that Kathy experienced her greatest breakthrough to freedom. She said that big fat zero has changed to a number 10 with exclamation points. Kathy had a new life in Christ. She said, I see myself now as a person of great worth, not because of what I have done, but because of what God has done for me through Christ. See, through Christ, we're made children of God. We have a place in the family of God, and there's no greater honor in this world or the next. And it's God's free gift to all who will receive it. Baptism signifies that we are part of God's family. Just as at Jesus' baptism, as we heard today, a voice from heaven, God the Father speaks a word of blessing. You are my son, my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. God the Father spoke over you the same words as you were baptized, as you were sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. You might not have heard the words, but they were spoken. My child, my beloved child, in you I am well pleased it's sometimes difficult for those whose heavenly whose earthly fathers let them down who were abused by their earthly fathers or who had even absent fathers to know the goodness and the love of the good father our father 
our Heavenly Father. To know that he truly, truly loves you as you were so poorly loved by your earthly father, there is no comparison with his love. He loves you simply because you are his. He does. Trust it, because the cross signifies just how much he loves you. It signifies what God has done for each and every one of us in Christ. And that his love comes to us way before we can ever learn how to respond to him in love. Several years ago, there was an article on a golf pro called Harvey Pinnock. He was a 90-year-old golfer who'd hit the jackpot with two books on golf. Harvey Pinnock's Little Red Book and If You Play Golf, You're My Friend. Together, these two books have sold about two million copies. But in the 1920s, Pinnock bought a red spiral notebook and began jotting down observations about golf. He never showed the book to anyone except his son until 1991, when he shared it with a local writer and asked if he thought it was worth publishing. The man read it and told him yes. He left a word with Pinnock's wife the next evening that Simon and Schuster had agreed to advance $90,000. When the writer saw Pinnock later, the old man seemed troubled. Finally, he came clean. With all his medical bills, he said, there was just no way he could advance Simon and Schuster that much money. The writer had to explain that Pinnock would be the one to receive the $90,000. See, how often do we mistakenly view God's offer of salvation in Jesus Christ just like Harvey Pinnock mistakenly perceived Simon and Schuster's offer of an advance? We ask, what must we do? And God answers back, just receive. Just receive my love. You see, just as God brought Noah and those in the ark with him, through the waters of the flood, out of death, through the waters in the ark, just as God brought the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt into freedom in a new land, through the waters of the Red Sea, so also he has brought us out of the waters of death, through Christ's death and resurrection. In other words, though we go down to dust, we don't stay there. Through the waters of baptism, we appropriate what Christ has done for us. We die with him and we are raised with him to hear the voice of the Father say, You are my beloved child. In you, I am well pleased. Amen.